You're listening to Simple Ritz Radio, episode 29, and today's show is the truth on whether you should or shouldn't snack. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Schur. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. A nutritionist by trade, Alexa has rebelled against common misconceptions about nutrition and has created a realistic health style that will allow you to live a healthy, satisfied, and more simplistic life. It's raw, it's real, it's unfiltered. It's Simple Roots Radio. And now your host, Alexa Schur. Welcome back to this podcast. I'm your host, Alexa. And as always, I just wanted to remind you that this show is dedicated to simplifying your health, allowing you to live with more purpose, more joy, and ultimately achieve the lasting health you've been looking for. While it seems complex and overwhelming, my passion is to help break it down into the basics, helping you to live a more simplistic and healthy life that you enjoy. But before we get into today's show, I have to say that I am over the moon excited and honored by all of your amazing reviews you've been writing on iTunes. Seriously, you make the show go round, and it is exactly the encouragement I need through investing time and soul into the show. I hope that you continue to find it life-changing and that I can offer practical health and nutrition advice. So seriously, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Ratings and reviews are essential to the health of the show and any show, and I would continue to be honored to know your honest thoughts by leaving your own rating or review if you haven't done so at simplerootswellness.com review. I couldn't do this journey without you, and I'm so glad to be walking together in an amazing community of people who want true and lasting health to end the confusion and ultimately just live a life you love. So cheers to ending starvation, restriction, and deprivation, and just living with true and honest health. And today, I'm excited to bring you an episode that's going to help you do just that. It's all on Snacking Exposed. So today, we'll be talking about is snacking healthy or is it not? And how many times a day should you actually eat? We'll look at the science on if you should or shouldn't be indulging in an afternoon snack and how to eat for hormonal health. Trust me, this episode is anything but normal, and I want to prepare yourself in advance for what might be said. This really is going to take a bit of a turn compared to the normal thought process on snacking. So in this episode, we'll uncover how our hormones are affected by snacking, how many times a day you should eat, how to snack or eat for health, and so much more. Let's get started right away because I know this show is for sure going to be actionable for you something you can take and do today for a healthier tomorrow. So let's get started. I really wanted to bring up this idea of snacking is because I've been experimenting with this in my own life. I used to be a big believer right when I got out of college is that you should eat how your body felt inclined to eat. The idea was never to be hungry. So if you couldn't make it from breakfast to lunch without eating a snack, well then you need to eat a snack. Maybe you're like most people who really can't make it through their day without relying on snacks. But as I continued this process and really understanding my own body and just in general how the body works and really having an emphasis and a focus on hormones because our hormones are the communicators of our body. Without proper hormonal flow, we really have nothing and we really can't override that until we get our hormones back in control. So in really studying lately how our hormones are more affecting our health 
and what we can do about it, I really came to the realization that snacking might not be what we had thought it was. It might not be the pick-me-up that you thought you needed. It might not be the blood sugar regulator that you think you need. But really, snacking is having a big impact on our hormonal health as well as the restorative processes of our body. And so I wanted to bring this to you because as I've experimented with eliminating snacking, I have found huge success in how I feel in general. Like I don't get hungry as often. I have more energy throughout the day and I actually feel like my hormones are starting to regulate. Obviously the food choices I'm eating are making a difference as well, but just in general, this idea of not snacking is having a huge impact on the quality of the day that I'm living and how much I actually eat. Because if we're honest with ourselves, sometimes snacking is unnecessary, right? While there's that percentage of people who have to snack because they're legitimately blood sugars dropping, there are ways around that. But then there's the other side of the coin of people who are just snacking because it's emotional. Snacking makes them feel good or they feel like it kind of washes their emotions away, even though we know emotional eating does no good other than prolong the phase of just not feeling well or being stressed or tired or angry or upset. Eating doesn't fix that, right? And so we have to come back to this idea that what is snacking doing in our body from a hormonal standpoint? And if we eliminate it, we eliminate all of this emotional eating, but we also help to regulate our bodies. So so the big idea is we can actually better regulate our hormones and we can help heal our body and rejuvenate our body and restore it to more energy if we just cold turkey give up snacking. Now, some of you might be thinking, no, 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 you might be ready to hit stop on this podcast, but I can insist that you must listen to the science behind this because it really is fascinating. And I'm going to give you ways that you can eliminate snacking cold turkey without being hungry and ravenous like you think you're going to be. And it kind of goes along with a podcast that we did on intermittent fasting or just regulating the period of time throughout the day in which you actually consume food. So these are going to go hand in hand. Again, this doesn't take into account what you should eat, which I think is the most fascinating thing about nutrition is we we get so obsessed and focused on what we're actually putting in our body and how much we're putting in our body rather than really the key component of the when we eat and how we eat. Um, Because I think that's really a bigger indicator because if we can get those things in control, consuming our food within a set period of time, you know, consuming our food within a set number of times throughout the day, then it really eliminates a lot of the unnecessary. And in the end, it helps you make wise choices because you really can't do this without making wise choices. You will be hungry, you will be ravenous, and that's not the point. This is really going to help regulate your body into optimum functioning which also means you're going to feel better than you ever have. And so it's the little things that add up big over time. So I'm gonna give you ideas on how you should eat. I'm not necessarily gonna say do this, do this, do this, and not do that, or eat this, eat this, eat this, and don't eat that. Again, it's not restriction, starvation, or deprivation. This is simply a means of how we should be eating. So as I was studying this, obviously I'm gonna give you some tips on why this is essential for our body and why this could be really a good key indicator or a a key principle to take and do and really watch as changes come from that. So I'm gonna give you a little lesson on why we should avoid snacking and how we can do this appropriately. But before we get there, there was an interesting article that I came across a while ago on the Huffington Post. 
and the article was titled, Have American Parents Got It All Backwards? The article is about far more than just snacking and eating. It really is a great article on just how we're raising our children differently than a lot of other countries and cultures. It's linked in the show notes, so you can go back and look at that, but it's pretty fascinating. But there was a section in there just about mealtimes in general. This was a comparison between Americans' mealtimes and Koreans' mealtimes. So really not the whole world in general, but just Americans versus Koreans. And what they found is that in Korea, eating is taught to children as a life skill, as it is in most cultures. Children are taught it is important to wait out their hunger until it's time for the whole family to sit down and eat together. It really becomes a social experience. Koreans don't believe that it's healthy to graze or eat alone, and they don't tend to excuse bad behavior like we tend to, I tend to do this, by blaming it on low blood sugar. You know, I get hangry or I get headaches or my stomach's growling or my kids tend to be grouchy and whiny and it's all because of blood sugar. But maybe it's because we're doing this all wrong. We're allowing our body to dip into those lows when it doesn't necessarily have to. Are we causing more harm by good by snacking? So just questions to think about. So as the article went on, it it talked about that instead children are taught that food is best enjoyed as a shared experience. And all children eat the same things adults do, just like they do in most countries in the world without robust food cultures. This is also why when you go to a true ethnic restaurant, there's really no kids menu, right? They're just expected to eat what the adults are eating. And what they found through this is that Korean children are incredible eaters. They sit down to tables filled with vegetables of all sorts, broiled fish, meat, spicy pickled cabbage, and healthy grains, and soups at every meal. And what they know is that children here are more likely to eat. There's not as much restriction. There's not as much picky eating. There's not food fights like there is here because the children are, one, hungry. They're prepared to eat. But their nervous system, which we're going to talk about in a second, is also ready to eat. And therefore, they're accepting of more foods. So the key point in all of this is that it's okay for children to wait for their meals. It's okay to experience a little bit of hunger. It's okay for adults to do the same thing. We don't need to continuously eat throughout the day. We don't need to continuously drink throughout the day, which we'll also talk about, but that our body really does thrive in having periods of time throughout the day, just like intermittent just like intermittent fasting or the period at night when you are at rest, when your digestive system is resting and you're not consuming anything, throughout the day, our body needs those times as well to digest. Just know that it's okay to do this. So why should we avoid snacking? Here's the scientific reasons. And this is really my number one focus and what I've experienced the most. But avoid snacking is to help the natural flow of hormones, you know, the the hormones that in the end promote weight loss, and maintenance, and also an increase in energy. But if we look at this more clearly, right, if we're constantly feeding our body food, right, every hour or every 10 minutes, we're taking a sip of coffee with creamer in it or tea with sugar in it, or we're eating food, our body's anabolic hormones or those building hormones are constantly in a high state. And something that is pretty basic and something that I think that we should all know is that when insulin is present in the bloodstream, pretty much every other hormone process in the body kind of shuts down because insulin is like the queen bee. Nothing else can really function because it's that critical that we deal with blood sugar because it can have lasting effects. And so whenever blood sugar is present, pretty much all the other functions cease 
in our body and our body's just sole focus is on getting rid of that. And so you can see if we're constantly eating and constantly snacking or having something to drink that has something sweet in it and not ever allowing our body time to rest and digest, we never really have true energy, right? We're always seeking energy. So we keep picking up more caffeine, hoping that's gonna give us a little bit of a buzz to get through the day. But really what it's doing is when our body's sole focus is on digesting, we don't really have the energy or the brain power or the motivation to get all the other tasks done that we need to. So just bringing insulin back down into the normal range instead of having it elevated because of the food that we're consuming is going to then allow those hormones that produce energy and drive and excitement are then gonna go back up and your body's gonna have time, your GI tract's gonna have time to rest and heal. So just another point to make, if our body's constantly in the fed state or that anabolic state where we're constantly putting food into our system, we're constantly building things, right? And we're providing energy for our cells in our body, which is very true, but we're also building fat. And so when we have emotional eating, like when we couple emotional eating without a true physiological need for energy, you can see how this gets out of hand and how we start just building excess body fat throughout the day without ever having the chance to burn it. Kind of going along with this is point number two, which I'm gonna make, is you have to have time to digest your food. I talked about this briefly in the last point, but in order to understand how we digest food, we have to understand a little bit about our nervous system. And this is probably like, you might be wanting to shut down because I brought up the nervous system and how complex it is, but don't shut down. This is another key component, you know, next to knowing that when insulin is elevated, pretty much every other function shuts off and insulin is a building hormone, so it builds body fat. This is the next point that you need to know. This is one of the most important concepts to grasp about your body. So you have your automatic nervous system, and this is what's going to control automatic bodily processes like breathing, your heart beating, blood pressure, and digestion. And your automatic nervous system has two settings. One is sympathetic, and one is parasympathetic. Your sympathetic automatic nervous system is our fight or flight response. It's when your body turns off all digestion because it's directing all energy to your muscles, right? Like this is if back in the day, if a bear was chasing you and it directs all energy to your muscles so that you can run away from the bear. Um, It's our fight or flight response. The second one is that parasympathetic. And this is the one that turns on digestion. So it directs all of your energy or more of your energy back to your digestive system so that you can properly and adequately break down and absorb the nutrients you need. But The only way that we can activate these are through a mindset, a mentality. And here's where nutrition gets a little bit different, right? Because we think it's all about what we eat and how much we exercise, but really the majority of it is a mindset and how we're living our life, right? More about the how. So when we want to access our parasympathetic nervous system or the point in which your brain turns on your body and prepares it for digestion, we have to feel safe. It's when we feel connected to others, It's when you prepare yourself to eat. It's when you sit down and you're ready for food. It's when you're thinking about it, you're enjoying it, there's conversation happening, you're resting essentially. You're not in this fight or flight response, but you're at rest, you're ready to eat, your body's ready to eat, it's ready to direct the energy. The parasympathetic nervous system doesn't turn on when you're drinking your latte in your car or when you're eating your breakfast on the go or when you're standing at the kitchen counter over the sink just putting food in your mouth. 
Your parasympathetic nervous system doesn't turn on when you're typing at your desk while you're eating. It's literally when you're focused on the relationships that you're around, when you're just committed to eating that meal. On the other hand, eating in the sympathetic mode, which is where probably most of us eat 90% of the time on the go in fast-paced situations, in the car, on the run, this only cheats your body out of nutrients and in the end can create leaky gut. And the reason it does this is because your body's not ready to digest. And so when our body's not ready to digest, it starts expelling nutrients that it hasn't broken down properly, which can damage the gut lining, but it also can prevent absorption into the body. And the end, this can lead to all those food sensitivities we see popping in the market, as well as eventually chronic disease. So what seems like a minor issue eating on the go, really in the end, has a true impact on the health of our body. Not to mention, when we don't absorb all of those nutrients we need, like we have to be in parasympathetic mode to do so, then our body can cry out in what we would call nutrient-deprived hunger. So if we're just deprived of nutrients, our body can signal hunger so that we eat those. But again, the only way to properly absorb those is if we're sitting down at rest with other conversations. So not in the fight or flight mode, like so many of us live in so often throughout the day. So that's number two, is just understanding that there's a difference mentally and within our nervous system and how our body breaks down and digests food and if it's ready. And ultimately, this is going to affect your health. It's going to affect your weight. It's going to affect the inflammation in your body and whether or not you lead to chronic disease, cancers, other serious issues. Which brings us to tip number three, which is this really sounding kind of negative, but I'm just trying to bring to light that there's true science behind why we shouldn't snack and no one's talking about it. So number three is balancing blood sugar levels. Most of us probably snack because we are hungry between meals or we think we need to snack. And we often blame that on the imbalance of blood sugar. How we get an imbalance of blood sugar is when we consume too many carbs, not enough protein and fat, those carbohydrates rush into our bloodstream as sugar, right? And it spikes our blood sugar, which spikes our insulin because the only way to get rid of sugar out of our system or glucose out of our bloodstream is to have a rise in insulin, which is the carrier to get it into our cells. Now, when we have that spike, it generally always is followed by the crash, right? Or the dip in blood sugar where we don't have enough in our bloodstream. So wherever there's a high, there's generally a low. And the low tends to be just as deep as that high. And so when we crash, often signals, not to mention cortisol, which is an inflammatory response in the body or a stress indicator, but it also signals hunger because the best way to bring your blood sugar up is to eat, right? Is to to have food again. So your body starts signaling hunger. See, what we have to know is that just because it doesn't make sense or it seems like an unhealthy thing, your body plays a safe. It's a safe player and it craves consistency even if it's the wrong consistency. So we have to be consistent in the right way and knowing that whenever we go too high, we're gonna crash and so our body's gonna cry out in hunger. So the general rule of thumb has always been to eat more frequent meals to prevent those lows or to get yourself out of those lows. But I would argue that this isn't the best advice for anyone. And instead, it just tends to keep your body from dipping too low, keeping you on the sugar high or the high insulin instead, which also just induces body fat building. And that brings us to the fourth point, which goes along with all of these. They kind of all go together. It's just a system of everything coming together. But 
if you're constantly consuming food or eating every few hours or every hour, your body really never has time to heal and rejuvenate. Remember, whenever there's food present in the body, your energy kind of goes there. It's directed there. It's not directed to replenishing cells or healing cells or getting hormones to the right cells. There's no time for your GI system to help heal and rejuvenate or to rest, and it just becomes exhausted. So the bottom line is it's impossible for your GI system and your body to heal when it's constantly digesting food. Just to give you a little example of how long it actually takes for your body to process food, food can sit in your stomach for about four hours. It takes about four hours for your stomach to empty, and it takes about another four hours for the food to digest and pass to the large intestine. And if you're more than likely not eating in the parasympathetic mode, your body isn't technically ready to handle food on top of that. So you're kind of beating it down in two different angles. So one of the key ways to help your GI system not to become fatigued and to heal and rejuvenate to help prevent some of those food allergies and other diseases in leaky gut is really to give it an ample amount of time in between meals to heal and rejuvenate. So what does this mean for you? I'm kind of saying that maybe we should try quitting snacking cold turkey. I mean, there's really no easy way to do it. There's really no weaning yourself off of it. I'm going to give you tips on what your meal should look like to help ease this. But really, our body isn't designed to snack. It really would prefer the opposite. And it just takes retraining your body, allowing your body to trust itself for you to do this. So this is a very actionable lesson that you can just quit snacking cold turkey and be completely fine. I promise you. But here's the key with it. It's allowing at least three and a half hours between eating, you know, three and a half to four hours. So if you eat breakfast at seven, you know, not eating lunch again until 1130 or noon, really allowing that maximum time for your body to heal and rejuvenate. This is why you can see, you know, some people might only eat two meals a day and that's what they do really great on. It's because they're eating enough within those two meals, but they're not snacking. So their body has really optimized from that. And you can optimize your body by doing this as well. So aim for if you're a six meal a day or, you know, you have three solid meals and two snacks a day, just eliminate one snack, you know, and make the other one a meal. So some people might legitimately need four meals a day, but I'm not calling it a snack. You know, that afternoon slump, I'm not calling it a snack. I'm calling it a meal because snacking generally means a hundred calorie snack pack or an apple. And while an apple is great alone, it's just not good enough. There's not satiety. There's not the right nutrient formulation. Really, your just body is just kind of spiking it and getting rid of the rest. So we need the foundational components, which includes a protein and a fat as well to really enhance absorption and enhance the aspect of the nutritional profile of that in the body. So quitting snacking cold turkey is really going to help align your body. And this is going to become the preferred method, which will cause great changes hormonally in your energy, your concentration, your mood, and your overall outlook on food in general. It's going to help you make wiser choices or it's going to force you into making wiser choices because you can't really sustain yourself throughout the day without making wise choices. So how do you eat to allow your body to be okay without snacking? It really takes focusing on protein and fat. So the key idea is to eat your breakfast, right? The the majority of your breakfast should be protein and fat. And as the day goes on in those meals, you should add more carbohydrates. 
This doesn't relate to snacking quite as much as it does just helping our circadian rhythms, our sleep and wake cycles, which also help regulate our hormones, um, and just how our body handles those things and how we relax throughout the day. So your breakfast, because you're already in fat metabolism, you got to go back and listen to the episode on intermittent fasting, which I'll link in the show notes. But if you go back and listen to that, then you'll understand that the first meal a day is really breaking the fast or waking your body up. And if you eat the majority of protein and fat, you can keep yourself in that fat burning mode where your body is still relying on fat stores to be burned as energy. And so making sure that you have plenty of protein and fat is essential for the body. And that just includes, you know, using olive oil and avocados and nuts and seeds. There's not a ton of healthy fats. Um, It's just a pretty small category, but you also don't need very many to get a big nutritional bang. And using healthy sources of proteins. I've seen a good recommendation for people, not that I like to throw out numbers, is around 35 to 40 grams of protein first thing in the morning. You can do this through, you know, if you if you can't eat this, there are other forms of natural supplements like a collagen powder or a healthy protein supplement, which I'll link the only ones that I really recommend in the show notes again. But focusing on eating enough protein and fat is going to be essential because protein and fat is a slow digestion food and it doesn't spike your blood sugar. So it's not going to make you feel hungry. It's going to help give you satiety, but it's also going to help you absorb nutrients. So that's number one is making sure that your meals all contain a good, healthy source of protein and fat, especially your first meal of the day. The second thing is just focus on meal timing in general. You know, maybe start with intermittent fasting. Start by only eating or allowing food consumption within 12 hours throughout the day. You know, again, the point of this is to make sure you're eating enough at those meals or within the 12 hours. It's not a means of just not eating or depriving yourself, but eating enough that your body has the nutrients it needs, but also allowing the rest so your body's hormones can then even out and do the other functions of the body, like healing and rejuvenating and providing the proper energy so that you can live your best life. So focus on meal timing, move your lymphatic fluid. This would be tip number three. It's often easy to think that the only way to overcome hunger or the only way to overcome emotions or boredom is just to eat. But there's plenty of other ways, including exercise, sitting in a sauna, dry brushing, massage. There's plenty of other ways to help our body to relax. But really through those processes, we're also moving our lymphatic fluid, which is going to help our body to heal and rejuvenate and just kind of replenish and get back into a good working order. Number four is going to be having a good mindset. Remember why you eat. It's an essential aspect of life. And yet I come across so many people, and maybe you're one, who fear food. They fear the art of eating, the act of eating, simply because we've been trained to fear it. The food industry has put these these phobias inside of us that calories matter, and that's why we have the 100-calorie snack pack. If we can get outside of that mentality and maybe even recognize that the food industry is part of the issue, is maybe they're telling you that so that they can make more money on those snack packs. But really just understanding that true health really comes from optimizing nutritional abundance and having a good mindset. Food is essential to the body and the act of eating should be enjoyed. 
And if it's not enjoyed, then our mindset automatically goes negative. And whenever we have those negative feelings, we have more stress. So you're doing more harm than good. So really coming to terms with a positive place and eating and allowing your body to really have an understanding and a full respect and desire for why you do it. Really fully enjoying it and making meals a priority, sitting down with other people, making it a social event, something you really enjoy doing. Number five is going to be eating enough at meals. I've stressed this so many times. It's not a means of not eating. It's a means of just eating enough until you feel satisfied. But again, eating enough of the right foods. And number six is just being willing to eat that additional meal if you need it. The idea would be to eat three meals, two or three meals a day, right? I stick with three meals a day. And on days that I've worked out or on days that I just feel excessively hungry. This is going to vary for a female because our hormonal stream is not based off 24 hours. Hormones for females are based off a 28-day cycle. And so it's not like males, not like every other recommendation has been based on a male's hormonal flow, which tends to be 24 hours. A woman's is 28 days. There's different periods throughout your cycle where you are going to have more of a need for energy, more of a need for nutrients. And so just being aware that if you're excessively hungry one day, eat an additional meal, not just a snack, but a full-out meal. Again, calling it a meal because it's structured And you tend to just put more food components together that provide more nutritional basis. So it's really as simple as that. It's just eliminating snacking. And I can promise that based off of all these tips that we went through, you know, allowing your body to heal and rejuvenate, to manage blood sugar levels, to um, help your hormonal flow to regulate, all of these things are really going to allow you to have more satisfaction and more enjoyment in life. And you can watch and see as you just develop more energy and passion for life. I can assure you that this has made a huge, huge impact in my health. And it's not something that can fully be explained until you try it. This brings me to my challenge for you this week is to eliminate snacking. Don't just eliminate it and not have a plan because it's not about being ravenous because if you're ravenous, you're going to make mistakes, right? Mistakes you wouldn't normally make. And I don't want to call them mistakes, but you're not going to make the choices that you would normally make. So it's not about being ravenous. It's just about not snacking and allowing your body to regulate. This isn't going to happen overnight. So don't expect the quick fix, but it's going to happen fairly quickly if you stick with it. So I'm saying do it for seven days. Just try it. No snacking, seven days eating good, hearty, decent meals, you know, at least two to three times a day, maybe having that additional fourth meal if you really need it to get yourself going and see what you notice. You know, I want you to try it for one week and then reply back to me. Either send me an email, leave a comment on this podcast in Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you want to leave me a comment and let me know how it went. What did you experience? You see, it's the little things that tend to make a bigger difference than just talking about what food we should and shouldn't be consuming. Don't get me wrong, that matters, but so many people are focusing on it and there's so little change occurring in our environment, in our world. Maybe lasting change comes from something different. Maybe it comes from looking at the how and the when rather than the what. So just changing your mindset, looking at other avenues rather than just being obsessed with a food that we eat and instead changing that focus to eating nourishing foods, calorie dense foods, rich foods, and instead focusing on the how and the when. That's my challenge for you today. It really is going to make a big difference in your health. I know it is. It's made a huge difference in my own, and I want to hear from you. 
So again, just to recap, this doesn't mean hunger and inducing deprivation, but it means honoring your hormonal flow, feeding it appropriately at mealtimes, and figuring out a system to truly cherish nourishing your body. Don't let it scar you. Remember, you can always reach for that additional meal if you need it. But don't forget to treat it as a meal and not just a 100-calorie snack pack that will be leaving you on a high for 30 minutes before crashing into hunger again. We're going for quality over quantity, so end the days of focusing on numbers and just start searching for ways to nourish every cell in your body. You are doing so amazing. Start believing that. Small things add up big over time. Keep fighting because you are so worth this. And don't forget to grab a copy of my daily, I'd say mostly daily, email sent straight to your inbox. Here, I keep you motivated, encouraged, and up to date on what's happening in Simple Ritz Wellness and in my own life. I like to be the glass house to show you what I'm working on, knowing that health is not something that you reach and it's done. It's a journey. It's something that we should always be working and striving for and something that mostly we enjoy, something that we get excited about. So head on over to simplerootswellness.com, sign up, put your name, email address, and you'll get exclusive recipes, weekly meal plans, as well as encouragement and my own journey in this walk. Again, you can sign up at simplerootswellness.com and leave your name and email address. Also, for all the information on today's show, as well as all the links and resources mentioned in the show, check out the show notes at simplerootswellness.com slash 029. You are doing amazing. Keep up the great work and don't forget to tune in next week as I'll be sharing my latest and very exciting project I've been working on with a dear friend. It's all the details, the story, and really the reasons why this product could help transform your life, allowing you to have more time to do the things you love because life is meant to be enjoyed. So cheers to a new week, to the beginning of fall, and fully living life. Have a good day and don't forget to do the challenge. No snacking, cold turkey. We got this. Here we go.